0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome to the Real Money Show, the number 18778 Silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Coraya. We're recording the show a little early this week on Thursday as you're listening uh, on Saturday or Sunday as the case may be. Uh, currently, the price of gold is trading a little over $1,700. So we have had a bit of a bounce off that bottom testing in the market as well. The silver price today, were just shy of $18.50. So again, we had that retest, Jerry, uh, just under $18, and it's bounced back up $0.50. Cents. It was looking pretty good yesterday, uh, and then it pulled back down. The ratio between the amount of silver ounces it takes to buy one ounce of gold is still what we would call extreme at 92 to 1, meaning you need 92 ounces of silver to buy one ounce of gold. That is that is extreme, and that tells us that silver is, is on sale right now.
2: Absolutely, and this is ultimately coming on the back of the dixie the dollar index which we have to report again just to remind our listeners thank you for listening thanks for tuning in once again that the u.s dollar index is at a 20-year high so we have to keep an eye on this 109 level for the dollar index for those who are following the dollar index is the u.s dollar versus the basket of other major currencies so we have to understand that this could be peaking we got to watch out for one hundred eight, one hundred seven, one hundred six, and ultimately a, a harsh, high reversal for precious metals.
1: So, what is the expectation on the the U.S. dollar index? That you know, the fact that it has any sort of strength is is a little odd, given the amount of money that's been created out of thin air. You would think that the dollar would be in freefall, but it's it the actual opposite is occurring. What's the outlook for how long the U.S. dollar can continue to to have this supposed strength?
2: Well, the strength ultimately is lying on the war against inflation. Uh, Just last week, they finished up the um, Jackson Hole Symposium where all all the central bankers met, not just from the U.S., but from the European central banks, the Bank of International Settlements, which a lot of them, I would say majority of the members, were gung-ho on killing this inflationary threat And to do that, their their mandate to quell inflation is to hike interest rates. That's their tool in the toolbox for quelling inflation. Um, There was one member that uh, dissented that actually released a white paper from the Chicago Fed during the Jackson Hole meeting, which uh, kind of kind of. Uh, put some doom and gloom on their on their hot air. So a lot of hot air talking up the U.S. dollar, really. It's just talking it up, saying we're going to do this. Their goal is to raise interest rates up to about 3.5%. Some are calling 4%. But as we will um, talk a little bit more later on the show, that's going to be detrimental to not only the stock markets, but to the Fed's balance sheet as well.
1: Right, because you can't chase inflation if it's already above 8%. Then getting up to 3.5% is not going to cut it. But speaking of cutting, do you think that they're going to end up cutting eventually, or do you think that they might just stay where they might just pause at three, three and a half, and say, "Okay, we have raised interest rates. Now we're going to print some more money."
2: Then mm-hmm. that's it. This is the rock. They're the creators of their own rock and hard place. The rock being, are they going to keep raising interest rates, um, and we, ha- or pivot, cut and begin printing all again, or rather than printing, it's just a mouse click, right? It's just mouse click money, and it's that easy. So I do believe that they're going to be pivoting, personally speaking. Um, We've seen that before in in history. History has shown that they have pivoted before, uh, which will ultimately mean they're going to let let inflation go, and we're going to see a massive stagflation.
1: I don't necessarily think they have to pivot. I think that they can hold interest rates at those higher levels and then become accommodative. In in their stances and say, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna buy back these bonds, or we're gonna print more money, whatever we're gonna do. Um, that doesn't necessarily have to depend on lowering the interest rates. Um, but I suppose if the economy gets gets bad enough, they can do whatever they need to do, or at least appear like they're doing something. So here we are. We move into September, and we had a pretty quiet. Uh, August in terms of the precious metals we saw we really started to see the pullback in July and then through August we've had some quiet quiet pricing in the gold and silver market however I'm not getting a, a mass amount of frustration on the part of of clients in terms of where the price is in fact everyone seems to be pretty pretty much with the understanding that okay this is what we're going to go through for a little bit that's fine let's Keep it coming. Uh, we we all know the prices should be much, much higher than where they are right now. But okay, we can take this. Mm-hmm. Is that is that kind of what you're seeing from your clientele as well?
2: Absolutely. It's uh, the same sentiment. The reasons for being in gold is we're seeing a lot of failed – policies, failed sanctions. The world at this time is de-dollarizing. Moving away from the world's reserve currency of the U.S. dollar is a signal. and it has always been a signal of economic warfare. And the, the world, as we know it, is transitioning into a new system. And by going into gold, by staying in silver, staying pivoted in our silver and gold positions, you're now positioned to transition with the rest of the space, with the rest of the world, we're looking at the BRIC nations. Um, not just the BRIC nations; we have emerging markets that have been forced to move aside, and, and it's either you keep trading in the U.S. dollars and having to pay the debt on their, on their, on the, on the usury that was six hundred and fifty billion dollars lent from two thousand and one alone. All that liquidity has dried up, and now the emerging markets, from Sri Lanka to Venezuela. Argentina, who have raised their interest rates to seventy percent, they have pivoted, and they're pivoting along with the BRIC nations. So, customers, they're doing the same thing.
1: Pivoting in what way?
2: Well, they're moving away from the use, the usage of the U.S. dollar, the de-dollarization, because if they're raising interest rate on that amount of debt, it becomes very expensive to to service. And you know, people, yeah, they're concerned. Some people are questioning. You know, why isn't uh, why isn't the market's moving up. The inflation's going up. The geopolitical um, issues are rampant. Uh, well, this is,
1: this is what I'm saying, that you would think more people would be frustrated by it and asking about how come the price isn't moving, although it seems to me that most people seem to be, sure, we're all a bit frustrated, but at the same time, it's just the, uh, the understanding of what the truth is, and gold and silver are the truth. They are real money they are a store of value they're at lows and one has to ask if the stock market is at lows Mm -hmm. you know the stock market in you know they've come off double digits in most most indices and the question becomes are they going to double from here are they going to move up from here are they going to double or are the valuations still extremely high and there's a lot more room to the downside on those markets in which case gold and silver start to look like one hell of a bargain
2: and when you compare the gold space to the relative decline of the US markets the gold is actually pretty firm it's really an anchor versus the decline in the US share markets that's has seen the liquidity dry up the credit space is drying up the very nature of the, the very instruments that have helped boost the stock market to record highs to all time highs to bubble territory is running thin. It's actually run out. They've they stopped the printing, um, but we have to remind listeners and even uh, the clients that come in. Just reminding, this gold is priced in various currencies. Right now, gold is is declining in one currency. That would be the U.S. dollar. It's actually. Experiencing double-digit gains in almost every major currency, except that U.S. dollar index, that Federal Reserve note that they're drumming up, that they're raising interest rates, but it's short-lived. You know, I read a paper that was uh, very interesting. It was um, written by Paul Kupiak. He actually works with Alex Pollock. He's a senior fellow of the Mises Institute. And he posed the question, how high can the rates go before the Fed starts to go underwater? Where can the rates go? Where do they have to go before they start losing money? Remember the Feds, they have a dual mandate, right? They have this mandate to control inflation and to keep employment up. Well, thirdly, they have to also avoid operating losses. That's their third mandate. They can't be losing money and go underwater. Well, its it was written by uh, the FOMC that... Uh, their estimates that they want to see short term interest rates approach 3.5 trillion by the year end, by year end. Keeping in mind they have 30 plus trillion dollars in debt. So every 1% is a cool 300 billion. So if they want to go to their goal of 3.5%, mm-hmm.
1: that's
2: going to be an additional 1 trillion plus dollars on interest payments alone without even servicing their debt and their debt obligations, Social Security, and et cetera. Now, the Mises Institute, they revealed that their estimates suggest that the Federal Reserve will begin reporting net operating losses once their interest rates reach 2.7%, assuming the Fed has no realized losses from other selling securities. And if the short-term rates reach 4% above their goal, um, that Estimate suggests that the annualized losses could exceed sixty-two billion
1: dollars. So, what what this paper is saying, and and what you're saying from this, is that as the Fed raises interest rates, they're raising the interest rates on themselves for the servicing of their own debt, and their balance sheet being nine trillion plus. That's the beauty of the so, central banks. Yes. So, the central bank is raising the premium on itself. So that it now has to pay more out on its debt so they're they're just they're hurting themselves eventually
2: of course and they wrote you know they have this is the first time ever since their their birth of 1913 from 1915 the first time they ever seen losses so this is going to be the first time the federal reserve will be underwater what's the point of the central bank if they cannot fight inflation if they can't fight and keep employment up and they're they're underwater now and Mind you, the interest rates in the U.S. is 2.5%. At 27 that's when they begin. That's their break-even.
1: You need some protection against central banks. You need to uh, have some safe haven for yourself. And that's where having something like physical gold and silver that have no counterparty risk becomes so important in today's financial environment. The number one eight seven seven eight silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. This is the real money show on AM six forty. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of six forty Toronto.
1: Welcome back to the Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Just before break, we were talking about the fact that um Jerry you brought a a great article from the Mises Institute talking about as the Fed raises interest rates, they're raising the interest rate on themselves to handle the payments on their own debt. So their own debt servicing becomes an issue as they raise their own interest rates. Mm -hmm. So this becomes a major problem, not just for central banks, Central banks are having the same problem that everybody else is having. It's your right. your car lease rate is up, your rent is up, your cost to service your car is up. Um your your variable mortgage rate is is rising, especially since Canada just raised 3 quarters of a point. And so now everyone is going to be feeling the pinch including the central banks. How do we take care And handle this for ourselves and protect ourselves and maybe get that inflation rebate, if not physical gold and silver?
2: Well, it's imperative. Um, It's proven itself throughout history. Every central bank has failed, and the central banks today are failing. Their job of maintaining a strong currency has failed. The experiment of fiat currencies has run its toll. We're at the end of. You know 100 plus years and that is the average year of every fiat currency mind you a world's reserve currency being the u.s dollar so as the world shifts away from the u.s dollar they have already left we have to do so as well and the first transition if you if you saw that major you know major play when the swift system was closed out on russia for not being friendly to certain nations they went with gold right away the instant play was gold and ever since then the price of gold there has risen. The price and stability, the price was established. The trust and stability was brought about. And that's what gold and silver will do on a micro standpoint from us investors, us Canadians, our central bank here in Canada. I mean, it was an entire week. The entire month has just been central the bank entire talk. Year. <laughs>
1: <It's been laughs> a lot of hot crazy air. Year.
2: And, you know, Matthew Pippenberg from Matterhorn Asset in Switzerland, he wrote Powell, a breathing weapon, weapon of mass destruction, a breathing weapon. That's what it's been. It's been a lot of hot air. And the hard reality, he writes, is, yes, America can't even afford Powell or his rate hikes. This hard reality is economic and mathematical. And he asks Powell, for example, how the U.S. can pay for its now rate-enhanced debts and obligations regarding defense spending, treasury obligations, social security, and even healthcare, when the interest payments alone on their bar tab are unsustainable. The central bank is failing, and gold and silver is your bet against central banks.
1: Yeah, I think that the central banks have always tried to mimic the discipline of physical gold and silver. What does that mean? Physical gold, you can only add to the stockpile of physical gold every year by about one and a half. At peak, maybe 2% a year. So you can only add to the, the, the base of gold by one5 1.75% a year. The central bank does not have that discipline to not use the printing press, to not go to their quote-unquote tools. But gold does have that discipline naturally. And I think when the wizards fail, when you pull back the curtain and find out the wizard was only a man, and uh, a man that has weaknesses like any other, that this is not who you trust to run the monetary system. That's where gold becomes so important. That's why gold has been money for thousands of years. And in the absence of the discipline that the central bankers do not have, you can go to gold yourself. And there is a de facto gold standard, which is why gold... As an example, in the last 20 years, Canadian dollars is up 370%. It's only had four down years in the last 20 years. Only one was double digits, and that was after five years of double-digit gains. And gold is up in every currency, every single currency. I think right now it's only down in U.S. dollars and maybe Canadian dollars. Right now I think we're down something like 2% on the year. But it's up double digits in yen, as you mentioned in the last segment, and multiple other currencies. And you mentioned Matthew Pippenberg and his partner um, at Matterhorn Asset Management, Egon von Gryerts, has often pointed out that when you see gold rising in other currencies, that's what's coming down the pipe. Mm -hmm. That you're going to start to see gold rise in the currencies that we want it to rise in, specifically the Canadian dollar. But that's going to happen when you see where it's going right now in British pounds, euros, Japanese yen. That's leading the way. So physical gold has no counterparty risk. Physical silver has no counterparty risk. When you own it, you own it. Nobody else has a claim on it. Now, there are gold and silver investments. You could do a pool account. You could do a gold-backed fund. You could do an ETF. You could do a certificate. There's lots of paper versions of, of gold, but none of them give you actual ownership. When you actually have ownership, not investing, but physical ownership of money, you are insulating yourself from the geopolitical, from the economic risks, from the supply-demand issues that can, that can creep up because you don't want to be trying to get gold late in the day when, when the market's taking off. You know, 1% a day, yeah. 2% a day. You want to be able to get in early. And so by having the physical gold, you are insulating yourself from all of these economic potential disasters. And the way it's going right now is we are hurtling towards that. Gold will ultimately be the bridge that you need to get to that next system, whatever that system's going to be. And I hope it's not a central bank digital <laughs> currency. No. We can talk about that perhaps. But... It is that protection. It is that hedge because there is no counterparty risk.
2: He who has the gold makes the rules. And it's very important to see what's happening in the, and to realize the, the severity of what's going on with the COMEX. Many of the big players in the COMEX right now, the Precious Metals Exchange in New York, are now increasingly looking to take physical delivery of real rather than paper gold. And Matthew Peipenberg writes, why? Because they see the writing on the wall gold is a monetary metal not a paper card trick money by mouse click the comics players want to get as much physical metal as they can before the false idols like powell and the global emerging market emerging market currents flowing east take down the us dollars uh failed fiat currency and when that happens gold does what gold does what it always does when nations and their debased currencies tank gold rises And you can be sure, with as we saw, JP Morgan and City are now racking up, I think it was five hundred and twenty percent added to their derivatives position in gold and silver. We have to remember that notional value of these toxic derivatives account for 99% of all of the supply of physical metal. Meanwhile, the Bank of International and International Settlements have decreased. And unwound ninety percent of their gold swaps from 500 to just 50 tons. So it was a massive shift, and markets are transitioning from the west to the east. The Moscow World Exchange Jeremy. This is massive news. And you know,
1: I can't I can't I can go on for hours about this topic. <laughs> the number one eight seven seven eight silver, the website, guildhallwealth.com. You just unpacked a lot there. You were talking about The COMEX continues to bleed physical metal, meaning the metal is not being sourced in your typical spaces. And people are going straight to the commodities exchange to get the physical product. And this is draining off the COMEX. And, of course, they require physical product in order to lever the paper and create the leverage of paper and the synthetic supply, as you might call it, of paper gold versus physical gold. Then you're also talking about the fact that central banks around the world continue to accumulate, and this is going to ultimately be a linchpin for the market. That the mm-hmm. market's going to take off because all the physical gold has been has been procured,
2: mm-hmm. and this is uh, and this is going to be destructive to the paper price, the comics pricing. Um,
1: destructive in the in not to the downside to the upside to the
2: upside of course to the downside for the comex because we know they've been using paper derivatives markets to you know add artificial supply and if you add an add supply to anything you're going to temper the price you're going to quell the price you're going to quell the barometer uh, the economic barometer of gold and silver because you cannot allow for heaven's sake allow gold to take off because it's a signal to the average investor psychologically that hey, something's going on in the world. I better acquire that gold.
1: Right. But and that what that has caused is higher premiums in the physical market because the paper market, the paper price of gold at seventeen hundred dollars is crazy. It's ridiculous. Silver, I think, is at or below the cost of production and at 1850. And so the premiums are sky high. And you know, we were at $18 several years ago and the premiums were you could buy an you could buy a hundred ounce bar of silver for, you know, a hundred and uh, sorry, a dollar twenty over spot. Let's say mm-hmm. today it's closer to four fifty, and that's a reflection of the paper price being too low in the market, and the physical market saying, whoa, 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 we have to make money somewhere, and we can't make money if at no margins. So we have to raise the premiums on that, and the only way those premiums come down is if the price goes. Much, much higher from here. And I don't think that there would be an expectation that if the price of silver were $50 an ounce right now, that you'd still be getting at anything less than 55 I think the premiums are still going to be there at the higher prices because the price is just going to gain momentum as the market's rising, and it's just going to get mm-hmm. harder and harder to buy in. And And where is that level of equilibrium where people people finally say, I've done well. I'm gonna start selling. And then the then the secondary market actually gets a shot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right now there's there's no secondary market. No. It's all just a one-way street. We buy it from the wholesaler, we sell it to, to the individual. Mm-hmm. We haven't sold back to a wholesaler in a very in long time. I can't remember how long. It's a one-way street, and that tells you everything you need to know about people's attitudes towards physical gold and silver right now.
2: Mm-hmm. The trust is down the drain, the confidence in anywhere else to put funds. Egon von Greyers, he advises his clients, and their their clients have this, this feeling of, I'm not going to be selling my gold and silver unless there's somewhere better to go. And I echo that sentiment exactly. And I echo that sentiment, especially when we're seeing the buyers coming in. Like, this is the... The time of the year is summer. We, we talked about earlier that it got kind of quiet. It's, it's getting noisy now, but even still in a quieter market, the premiums stayed wide. The premiums still stayed high. We anticipated the premiums to you know, drop a little bit, not at all, especially now that we're seeing higher net worth buyers coming in, people selling investment homes, putting in the six-figure, the seven-figure, even the $50 million order in Texas uh, from you know, wealthy families, generational wealth members, are buying physical gold and silver. That that purchase alone put, the, put four months of demand from the U.S. Mint to that one client. That was one investor alone putting that much pressure on the U.S. Mint. So you know, from where I see it, the premiums are going to stay high. The spot price will have to correct higher.
1: And... Not only that, but we're also seeing in the market, or hearing, I should say, from people in the market that there's an expectation of a crash. I don't know what it is, but I find the majority of people I speak to are expecting some sort of crash. And one of the ways we're going to protect against that is to be out of harm's way and be in a physical asset that can can insulate you from all of that and that includes physical gold and silver the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com let's talk about this impending crash potential in the next segment it's the real money show on am640
0: you're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Real Money Show, the number 18778
1: Silver and the website guildhallwealth.com What can you do to protect your investments? What can you do to protect your wealth? have an asset that has no counterparty risk, that if you own it, nobody else has a claim on that, that's limited in supply in general, and that would be a physical asset like gold and silver. Of course, some may be frustrated by the fact that the price of gold and silver are down recently. Others are happy to be able to get in on these lows that right now are offering a discount. Not a lot of discounts in the in the inflationary world we see today the difference of course is that stocks that are down on the year are still extremely overvalued can they double from here and rise potentially what's the inflation rate if they did if the if the market rose 15% from here what's the inflation rate are we at 25% in which case you've still lost 10% gold and silver on the long term have done exactly what they've needed to do in terms of protecting against the loss of purchasing power via inflation. If you put the inflation rate at an average of 6% a year over the last couple decades, gold and silver has outperformed that. Then of course you had 2020, 2021, um, or sorry, 2019, 2020, where gold and silver moved up very strongly and then over the last couple of years, there's been a little bit of a pullback. Of course, in gold, it's nothing. It was up 35% over a two-year period, gave back 4% during the year of transitory inflation, and it has given back 2% so far this year. Mm-hmm. And we're only in September. And everybody's expecting some sort of crash, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is, that everyone is expecting some sort of crash? Is it because they, they just don't see how the Fed can pull off – This, I mean, they're not even talking soft landing, but is it that they just have completely lost faith in central banks or their government to to fix this problem? That, you know, confidence is
2: down the drain. You had the Fed, the Chicago Fed, actually, at the the Jackson Hole uh, symposium, who was pretty negative with uh, the way that – uh, Powell has pretty much put himself and pretty much every central bank between a rock and a hard place that he definitely sees a, a move toward um, higher st- stagflation, actually. what He said monetary tightening would actually spur higher inflation. It would spark a pernicious fiscal stagflation with the inflation drifting away from the monetary authority's targets. So trust in central banks coming from the Fed themselves. And not only that, you have... Professionals who, um, you know, stock portfolio managers. You have Mohammed El aryan of Pimco talking about the stock market and bond market tanking at the same time, and what to do. We have signals. We have the the inverted yield curve. This is a a, a signal that has lasted, you know, decades that has always preceded market crashes. So of course, we have investors that are worried and concerned and are not receiving the information that they're they're waiting for financial planners to come back with some good information on what to do. And historically, when you have high stagflation, gold and silver are the places to go. Gold performed about eightfold at the last uh, the last bout of stagflation, and, uh, and silver did 11fold. And people are talking about this today.
1: Yeah, it's, again, all about getting out of harm's way. You want to protect your wealth. Gold and silver are money. They're not investments and this is why people put their wealth into these hard assets to protect their wealth and they will perform they're going to perform they always have performed might not be on on a particular timetable but we know that it's coming you can see the drain on the comics you can see the demand for physical delivery you can see the demand for gold and silver itself. People don't necessarily want to keep just a whole bunch of cash in the bank. They they want to put it somewhere where it feels a lot more safe, and that's where physical gold and silver come into play. Now, at, at Guildhall, we only offer physical. We only offer London Bullion Market Association approved product. That means it's been sourced ethically, refined to the proper purity, fashioned to the proper weight, These are RSP eligible products. They're called LBMA approved. We try to keep the selection down to make it very easy for people to select their 100 ounce bars of silver, 10 ounce bars of silver, one ounce bars of gold, 10 ounce bars of gold. We make it very easy. We'll walk you through the process, but you can buy it direct. You can store it in a vault facility like Brinks, fully insured, fully secured, Fully allocated, meaning the listing of the serial numbers is put onto your account. That's kind of like a warehouse receipt showing that you own that specific product. No one else has a claim on that product except you. And guess what? You take that same vehicle and you put it into the registered accounts. So within your RSP, TFSA, Lyra, Lyft, RIF, you can own physical gold and silver fully allocated to you held in a vault facility that's fully secured, fully insured, very liquid. One of the most liquid assets in the world, pick up the phone, sell your product. Cash is available shortly through your Questrade account. And so this is what we do at Guildhall. This is how we help people. We help them to own physical gold and silver, have no counterparty risk, get out of harm's way. And at this point, Jerry, let's talk about the Silver Symposium. It Happens every year. Um, it just—I think it just finished—and um, uh, there was an article put out by Jeff Clark, and he—he's a great writer. He's—he's mm-hmm. a, he's a good, easy to understand writer. His articles aren't crazy long. Um, you don't get in the weeds with them. And he put yeah. out something recently at the symposium. Can you tell us about uh, his recent work?
2: Yeah, he—he he spoke uh, just recently at the Silver Symposium, and he presented three things. Uh, three things that um, he anticipated uh, for the silver market, so he addressed silver because a lot of you know a lot of analysts such as himself and Mike Maloney had projected that silver would have a great twenty twenty two so a lot of people naturally are asking what 's going on? Uh, should we acquire more? Should we sell? It is a fair question, he says, especially in the light of prices for silver now around eighteen seventeen and coming off of two year lows. So every reasonable person would expect it to rise, especially in this type of environment. You have inflation and demand. And in the next segment, we're going to talk about these three Big hitters for silver's boom.
1: Love it. The number one eight seven seven eight silver, the website, guildhallwealth.com. Get some physical gold and silver in your portfolio today. Hold some in your hand. Maybe even consider putting it in your registered account as well. And we'll walk you through that whole process. We'll do all the heavy lifting. We'll help take care of you. We'll help you get you through these times. And you're going to do it yourself by owning some physical gold and silver. Get out of harm's way. Protect your family. Protect yourself. Protect your wealth. It's The Real Money Show on AM640.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver Make sure your wealth can't be canceled. You can get canceled online, but you're not going to cancel your wealth because you're going to own physical gold and physical silver. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Let's get into this article, Jerry, by Jeff Clark, that our people are asking him: How come the price hasn't gone up if you're expecting a glorious 2022 for silver?
2: Justifiable questions. Are we wrong about silver? Should we give up on it? Here are the three things he told the audience at the Silver Symposium last week. Firstly, silver's DNA is boring, boring, and then boom. If you study silver's price behavior over the past 50 years, a clear pattern emerges. Silver has long periods of dormant price behavior punctuated by a sudden and frequently explosive spike. The pattern was so common that it took him actually 11 slides to show them individually, And what it showed is that the price remained stubbornly weak in the face of what many assumed were major catalysts, right? We have inflation, demand, lack of supply. So I'm sure investors were asking, why wasn't silver rising in the 70s when inflation was soaring, et cetera? Why it fell in 2011 after 9-11? And yet in every instance in history, the price was coiling, coiling, and sooner or later led to another spike, and in some cases a life changing one and this was evident especially when you see the time between he shared an amazing time between silver spike's chart and you'll see the average time frame between each peak is approximately 3 years and 7 months the last silver spike ended almost exactly 2 years ago so based based strictly on historical average averages 2023 could be in a very interesting year for gold and silver. This research shows, he says, while we don't like silver's price action right now, it's not acting like we all thought it would. While it is indeed puzzling and potentially maddening, the current price action does not fall outside the historical norm. It also tells us that we should expect another spike in price. The second boom would be of course we mentioned it a couple weeks ago the industrial demand is growing but for solar demand will explode we talked about this before in the show jeremy where uh, research shows that for example that China is already using double-sided solar panels not just the one side but the other side so that doubles up on the demand for this usage alone not to mention some weird stuff happening globally we saw we're seeing a lot of force majeure action uh price uh Mike Adams from Natural News he talked about massive global shutdowns are underway with metal smelters operations being shut down from iron smelters copper Smelters, nickel, aluminum, and this will ultimately they say why? Uh, the force majeure. With uh, they cited sky high energy prices, and yet others are saying there's not enough demand. But we know demand is through the roof. Um, so besides the industrial attributes, silver has had a delayed reaction to inflation. So while we're seeing the inflationary spikes, always remember that the the delay in the spike of silver always comes to follow the history and the fundamentals says to prepare right now for the next silver spike and he concluded with a bunch of um a, a lot of analysts you have some silver guys you have some are, that are not who have pre- silver predictions and some of their quotes I like to quote a few mike maloney said silver is the only morphing metal it's about to transform from dirt cheap to unaffordium to unobtainium. <laughs> Keith Newmeyer, the CEO of First Majestic Silver, we all know Keith, triple-digit silver will be in play once manufacturers realize they can't get the silver they need to make their products. Yet Citigroup, forty dollars in one year and fifty to a hundred dollars in the coming years. Goldring and Rosenweg, who are a natural resource investment firm on Wall Street, has been doing this for 30 years successfully. They see $500 silver this decade alone. And Chen Lin of chenpicks.com, many know him. He's been on CNBC, phenomenal track record in picking winning stocks. He says silver is the next lithium. Remember, we saw the lithium squeeze 10 times in one year. He expects a 10-time gain in, in silver. Those who sell at 30 and 40 silver will regret it. So just to conclude that silver symposium just just uploaded just some tremendous encouragement and some optimism for those who are holding this strategic medal and it's very important to own it physically, tangibly outside of the banking system and that's how Guildhall helps. This is a solution for not just protecting your wealth, yes, there's a lot of worry and strife and we don't know a lot of confusion. But this is the opportunity. This is a life changer, a game changer, not just for yourself, but for your family. And 2023 will
1: be an exciting time. I know that in um, in 1980, Jerry, when the price of silver went to $50, that was considered one of the largest wealth transfers in history. Because if you bought silver at 3 bucks and it went to $50 in 90 days, back then that was absolutely gigantic. Gigantic numbers. We're used to seeing big numbers now because of Bitcoin going to forty thousand, et cetera. But I think as as people move from things that don't exist to things that do, and that there's a finite amount of things that do, I think we move up to thirty dollars silver pretty quick, and we're gonna go through that like a hot knife through butter, as though that number was never really cause for concern. And then we get up to the $50 mark, which, you know, look, before we talk about $500 silver, I'd like to see $50 silver. And I know we're going to see it in in our lifetime. I know we're probably going to see it um, probably within the next 18 months. And then we can talk about the big, big numbers. In the meantime, I don't see people looking to sell at those at those numbers of fifty dollars. I think they're going to look at those and say, "Yeah, those are yesteryear numbers. That's like buying a fifty cent pizza, you know, <laughs> a, a fifty cent hot dog. It, those days are gone. Show me the new money and show me the real wealth that comes when silver gets to five hundred dollars an ounce." And I, I do think that, given all of the the demand for it industrially. We can talk about that very briefly. Transition lenses, mirrors, hmm. medical usages, because it naturally absorbs bacteria, batteries, solar power is obviously going to be a huge one. It's something that um, that Keith Newmeyer talks about a lot from First Majestic. The, anything electronic, anything digital has physical silver in it. So it, even though it's a smaller market and a more volatile market, I think it's it's worth having some silver in your portfolio, and potentially, if you're a smaller um, you know if you're trying to protect a smaller amount of wealth, maybe trying to build wealth for the first time, maybe you look a little bit more at silver at that point as well, rather than gold, which seems to be the the metal for central banks, the metal for really protecting large amounts of wealth. nonetheless. Get some physical silver and gold in your portfolio. The number 18778 Silver, the website, guildhallwealth.com. The window is closing. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna get many opportunities to be able to buy it silver sub $20, gold sub eighteen hundred dollars. These are rare opportunities, but it is an opportunity to protect your wealth and protect your family's wealth, protect your investments. And you want to have some physical gold and silver during these tumultuous times. Jerry, thank you so much. You brought some great stuff to the table this week. Uh, Thank you so much to all our listeners. We love having you every week listening to the show. And we can't wait to speak to you next week here on The Real Money Show on AM640.